Hello, High Point. Hopefully you guys are having a great day today and enjoying this, uh, probably the last gasp of warm weather. For those of you that love it, you're soaking it in. Others are waiting for it to start feeling more like fall. But anyway, I hope you're in, enjoying it. These are kind of crazy days where we're gonna have some frost in the morning. Uh, and then also some heat in the afternoon. But anyway, enough about the weather. Uh, let's see who's with us tonight. And as you're letting us know that you're here, uh, we've got a question to get us started because we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, baptism tonight and how baptism ties in with the Holy Spirit and all of that. So uh, my question for you tonight is this, what is your favorite conversion story in all of the Bible? So you can only pick one. Okay, maybe two if you have to, but tell me your favorite conversion story. And while you're doing that, I'll say hello to some folks. Hello, Harriet and Don, y'all are here early again. It's good to have you and the Pierces are checking in. Good to have Joe and, and Don as well. And Wilma Holloway. I'm glad you're watching, Wilma. Karen, Perry. Okay, y'all, I was out at McKinney Trade Days with my lovely wife, Jill, and I heard this strange voice in Brad. And I looked around it and it wasn't my wife. And so I just turned right around and said again, turned out it was Karen Perry. She snuck up behind me. So Karen was eating some awesome cake in a jar from one of the places out there, but it was good seeing her. Hello to the full injects. We're glad you're here. And Carrie Smith, howdy back. Hello, Larry and Jerry, faithful friends. Good to have you guys with us. And Zach and Linda, welcome, welcome. And the Vanderpools are listening. So I don't know if that means that you can't watch, but hey, we'll, we'll take it any way you can get it. But hopefully you're able to watch and listen, but we'll, we'll take listening. Uh, hello, Sharon uh, and Ken Dunlop. Good to have you guys and uh, hope your whole crew is doing well. And hello, Jennifer Barbosa. Good to have you um, with us this evening and your whole crew and the Wombles. All right. Uh, Brenda says, Wilma Holloway. We're watching, so enjoyed, oh, enjoyed Sunday sermon. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And hello, Paula Austin. Good to see you and John Hildreth. Okay, you're in Anna and not up in Michigan. So good. Hopefully you'll stay put for a little bit, especially during this crazy time during the election. We want you here around here. All right. Uh, Jennifer Barbosa says her favorite is Saul to Paul. Absolutely. So that I think is in Acts chapter nine, the awesome conversions experience where he has the encounter with, uh, with Jesus. Boom. He's, he does complete 180. Good one. All right. Hello, Adolfonso. Good to have you. And uh, John Herzog is copying off of Jennifer, Bar Jennifer Barbosa's paper. He also says Saul to Paul. And hello, Miss Norma. Good to have you. Bob Mitchell is here. Okay, I'm gonna give you a little sneak pre preview. I'm gonna be up at a conference in Oklahoma next week. So Bob Mitchell uh, has been begging to teach this class. No, just kidding. 
but I called him and said, he's going to fill in next week. And if y'all know Bob, he is one smart dude. So you'll enjoy getting to learn his thoughts on the Holy Spirit. So that's next Wednesday night. Brother Mitch will be leading us. Okay. Uh, Joe Pierce. Um, all right. Said something. Renee Martinez, Jr. Lexi Black. Tune in your, I don't know what that means. All right. Hello, Sharon Blake. Good evening to you. And Ken and Brenda are watching. So in case you're just hopping on, the question for the evening is, what is your favorite conversion story in all of the Bible? So hello, John and Talia and uh, Clarice Hickman. Good to have you. And uh, the uh, Mickey and Patsy Mickelson are watching. Oh, and Steve and Jackie as well. Hopefully everything's going well with your lovely daughter up in Alaska as she heads into the dark time. All right. Uh, Sharon Dunlop said, when I was a student at AC, one of my teachers brought me to Sunset Church of Christ in a little bit. I told him how the church is basically unknown in the north. He decided to leave and see, go back to the northeast and become a minister up there. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. Hello, uh, Hardens. Good to have Gary and Linda watching. Okay, so, so far we've got a lot of Saul's and Paul's. Are there any other conversion stories that you really like? Amy Siebert says Nicodemus. Yes, and we talked about that last week, how Nicodemus kind of slow rolled his conversion. Remember he came at night in John chapter three and is kind of asking about Jesus, but then towards uh, midway through his ministry, he starts uh, sticking up for Jesus. And at the end, he was there to help uh, with the burial stuff. So Nicodemus definitely became a believer. All right. Um, so yeah, if you have any other conversion stories you like, send me a quick message and we can talk about those. Uh, one of mine is, is kind of a non-traditional one and it's out of Second Kings chapter five, it's the story of Naaman. And of course, Naaman had leprosy and he was this big commander. And one of the servants in his household was kind of a slave that had been taken captive. And she's like, well, I know how to get rid of this. You need to go talk with the prophet, you know, from Israel. And so sure enough, he goes and, you know, he has to dip seven times in the river Jordan and, you know, said his, his leprosy completely left him and his skin was like that of a young man. So it's kind of a precursor to the whole baptism thing uh, that we see in the New Testament. Um, but actually God's people had been doing baptism for a long time as a way of purification and getting right with God. So, but we wanna talk a little bit about the Spirit's connection with uh, baptism and, and how that impacts us. And um, if you read uh, in chapter nine of the uh, book that we've been reading by Scott McKnight, he talks a lot about that. And he kind of talks about how some other fellowships uh, really need to see things more like we see them in scripture. So, okay. So Gary says the thief on the cross, never too late to be saved. Great one, Gary. And, uh, what's unique about the conversion of the thief on the cross? You guys know? Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute because that actually is a favorite conversion story for several groups. 
um, because uh, the thief on the cross uh, was told he'd be in paradise with uh, Jesus uh, that day. Um, of course, we don't think he was taken out off the cross and baptized. Uh, yeah, that's right, Jennifer. Uh, but yet Jesus uh, took him on anyway. So, but what I want us to, to do is look at some of the other conversions um, that we have and see that they all are connected uh, with baptism. Um, so we've got Jesus baptism. Of course, it wasn't really a conversion story, but it is a uh, turning over his life to God to begin his, his ministry. We see that in Matthew chapter three and Mark one and Luke three and John one. So they all three record this, this whole thing taking place. And then um, we have, um, of course, the thief on the cross is in Luke 23. And then we've got the Samaritans uh, are baptized uh, by Philip in Acts chapter 8. And then we've got the Ethiopian eunuch also in 8. And um, Saul is in Acts chapter 9. And Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And we're going to look at some of these. And then we also see Lydia in Acts chapter 16. So all of these are, are baptized. So uh, if you want to reply to this, you can. Uh, but okay, Linda says Philip in the in the eunuch. Yep, uh, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Absolutely. Hello, Cantwell's. Good, good to have you. Okay, so um, when I was baptized. Um, they said something along the lines of an baptized you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Except I think my youth minister said Holy Ghost because uh, it was in the fall. No, just kidding. Uh, but for the forgiveness of your sins that you might have eternal life. And that was kind of the standard fare back when, um, okay, Ken Dunlop says uh, day of Pentecost. Yeah. Every preacher dreams of having Pentecost too, where all the folks come forward and get baptized. Uh, but yeah, so we talked a lot about forgiveness of sins and stuff, but we didn't talk a whole lot about, and it wasn't said as I was baptized, that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So uh, just send me a quick little note uh, telling me yes or no, if you remember at your baptism, did they mention the indwelling of the spirit or the gift of the spirit that you would receive in baptism? Or was it more about just forgiveness of your sins? So send me a, a quick little message and we'll, we'll read some of those. Oh, Brenda Dulock said the story of the jailer. Yes, the Philippian jailer. Absolutely. That's a good one. I forgot about that. So uh, in Ephesians chapter four and verse five, Paul talks about unity and he talks about, you know, one Lord, one faith and one baptism. So I know some fellowships talk about you, you kind of get baptized, get rid of your sins, but then you have a secondary baptism where you receive this, uh, the indwelling of the spirit. But that's really not what we're, we're seeing um, in these conversion experiences. So Carrie Smith said, yes, they talked about the indwelling of the spirit. Uh, Jennifer says, it's maybe a forgiveness. All right. And Adolfonso says, yes. Okay. I guess I grew up in a little bit more conservative church. We just didn't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. And so we want to kind of draw some connections there tonight. 
and talk a little bit about uh, baptism. Uh, John says no, spent many years not really discussing the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it wasn't that we're against him, we just didn't spend much time. All right, Debbie says forgiveness of sins was mentioned. Yep, uh, yep, uh, Ken and Brenda said, yeah, just forgiveness of sins. And so we wanna talk a little bit about how in our conversion, we're taking care of past sins and we're getting right with God and reestablishing that relationship. But there's also this component of moving forward with having God's spirit with you. And so even in, in Jesus baptism that we mentioned, we have his son, uh, you know, God saying, hey, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so there's that connection point with the father, but then also the spirit descending and the spirit led him out from that place out in the wilderness and then to start his ministry. Okay, uh, Karen Perry says also uh, main point was forgiveness. Okay, so I, I want us to look at a, a couple of passages that kind of talk about what baptism is all about. And I like them because they're tied in with stories. So the first of these is 1 Corinthians 10 verses one through four. Uh, Paul says to the church at Corinth, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. Remember the cloud that would lead them by day and then the fire by night, right? As they passed through the sea, they were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. So, all right, so we've got this metaphor that what Paul is talking about is you guys remember the story of Moses when he delivers the Israelites out of Egypt and they're heading out, then Pharaoh's like, oh, why did I let them go? Let's go get them. And so they go charging after him with the chariots and they're going after him. And then, uh, then you have the big uh, wall of fire, you know, that kept them from getting to the Israelites. And then Moses held up his staff, at least in the Ten Commandments movie, Charlton Heston, you know, and then they hold it up and it starts parting. And they had to walk through and they said that there was a cloud that was over them. So they've got this water filled cloud above them. And then they've got water on either side of them. And so what Paul is saying is it's kind of like a baptism of sorts. And so I've heard others that have talked about the fire that led uh, them by night was kind of like the fire that came down at Pentecost. And so we have mentions of, of God's presence. And Paul says, you know, that it was the rock of Christ that was there. So a lot of this Trinity language of Father, Son, and Spirit, but definitely God was going before them, but they had to make a faith decision. Am I going to step out onto this bottom of the seafloor and walk as I've got water on either side of me? Am I going to trust God? So it was an act of faith, but yet God provided the deliverance. Peter draws upon another Old Testament story, and that's the story of Noah and the ark. And in first Peter chapter three, uh, 18 through 22. And, and by the way, if you're ever doing a Bible study, these are two great passages because a lot of folks have heard of Moses 
and, and they've heard of Noah and the Ark. So it's a way to describe baptism to folks if they don't really know what it is, because it's kind of a confusing thing. So 1 Peter 3, verse 18 through 22 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After uh, being made alive, he went and made proclamations to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight and all, were saved through the water. Do you remember who the eight people were? Yep, Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Mrs. Noah, Mrs. Shem, Mrs. Ham, Mrs. Japheth. Okay. Uh, the water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. That's what, that's what we're doing. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's gone into heaven and is at the right hand with the angels, authorities, powers, and submission to him. So what uh, Peter is saying is, like Noah, when we take a step of faith, Noah built the ark with his uh um, his family and of course God's hand was all over that bringing the animals in and uh, he's saying that we take a step of faith like Noah did but yet God provides a salvation like he did for Noah and his family when the flood wiped out everyone else and so when we take a step of faith like Noah in our baptism we are connecting with the Jesus story but kind of our focus for tonight and the time that we have is it also connects us with the Holy Spirit. So that's important for us to understand. And if we look at a couple of the conversions that we already talked about, we've got the story of the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. And verses 14 through 17, it talks about let me see if I can just read it for us. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that, this, that Samaria had accepted the word from God, they sent Peter and John to them. I love the humor of God because this is the same John that tried to call down curses on the Samaritans for not letting them stop. But instead, he has to go verify that God has, has brought the salvation to him. All right. Uh, when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So God delayed sending of the Spirit because you've got Peter and John who are main guys right there in Jerusalem. They've got to be witnesses of God's Spirit coming upon these Gentiles, this is a huge deal that these, well, they're actually Samaritans. The first Gentile conversion will be Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. But for these Samaritans, which are half Gentile, half Jew, uh, they've come and they've received it. And this is the first time that the gospel is going out from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria, and then the ends of the earth will come later in Acts. 
But we see that it's not just that they were made right with God and got things squared away with sin. Yes, that happened. But it was important, like with the story of Jesus, that they also receive the Holy Spirit that will help them as converts as they move forward. Okay, so let's go on and look at uh, the conversion of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And I want to read this because this is an important verse for understand for us to understand when folks talk about, well, you know, so-and-so was a good person, even though they never accepted Jesus. Well, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, it says that Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius. He was a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all of his family were devout and God-fearing. All right. And he generously gave to those who were in need and prayed to God regularly. Okay. So he's a God follower. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision and he distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at him in fear. I can only imagine. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel said, well, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back Simon Peter, and he's going to help you with some stuff. Okay, so Cornelius was already a God-fearing man, but yet there was something missing. And of course, that's his conversion to the Jesus story that connects him in with God's salvation. But as he as they are receiving the message god's spirit comes down on them saying i want these gentiles to have the holy spirit just as the jews and just as the samaritans have received it i want the gentiles to have the gift of the spirit as well okay so we've got conversion and we've got the, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that takes care of our sin. But the Holy Spirit is more helping us from that point on, not just to connect with the Jesus story, but actually to start living out the Jesus story. And so that's where I want to kind of bring in some of these things that Scott McKnight was talking about in chapter 9. Um, so God has chosen to use baptism as the event and into which we are plunged in order to be saved. So we don't save ourselves. God saves us. Amen to that. Yep. Oh, Linda, good to have you with us. I'm glad you're here, even though you're late. Um, Linda, we, we've been talking about um, baptism and how it's our entry point into a relationship with God, but also the entry point where we are introduced to the spirit that brings about a transformation in our lives. So it's more than a symbol. Baptism is an act whereby we enter into the redemption story of God. So Jesus' story becomes our story, right? So we symbolically... When we walk into the baptistry and go down, we die to ourselves and we symbolically are laid in a watery grave, come out on the other side as new creations. But we live differently, not by, I'm gonna live differently, but 
by the gifting of the spirit that God allows us slowly, sometimes for other folks it's quicker, but for most of us, it's a lifelong pursuit where the spirit starts gaining in our lives, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, two steps forward, three steps back, but you keep going and you allow God's spirit to keep working in our lives. Well, how? Well, in the death of Christ, we die to sin, and in the resurrection of Christ, we're raised to a new kind of life. And in the spirit, we're empowered to live our lives to God. So um, I've used the analogy of marriage in that uh, when Joe and I first got married, we loved each other and we had the ceremony, but yet it's been a 28 year process of becoming one flesh of becoming one unit. In fact, uh, the first couple of years, we kept our own little checking account and she kept uh, paying on her car payment and I paid on, on mine and, you know, I did the rent payment and well, she had to do uh, the cable bill or whatever. So in groceries. And so we divided up almost like roommates. And so it was a slow process of becoming more and more uh, one in one flesh. And that's kind of the metaphor that we see for God's spirit. We're married in baptism. We, we join with the spirit and spirit's given to us as a gift. But that gift has to be worked on and developed. And we have to release our will, allowing God's will to keep going. So here's what Scott says. He says, our baptism into Christ is a baptism into spirit-powered transformation. The more I entered into the deep silences of my spirit, the more the voice within, which I took to be Christ, remained clear and persistent. So Scott is talking about his ongoing um, maturation process of quieting and silencing his inner spirit so that the spirit of the flesh so that God's spirit can start to take transformation. And in our Holy Spirit uh, lessons that we've been talking about on Sunday morning, uh, I've been using the analogy of tuning into the right station and then turning up that volume uh, and allowing that voice to take precedent instead of canceling that voice that comes from God, actually listening to it and allowing it to guide us. Okay. He also said baptism means that we have died to sin, Satan, systemic evil, and sickness. Yeah, but Paul says um, sometimes that old man keeps coming back and I keep doing the things I know I'm not supposed to do and I'm not doing stuff I should be doing. So it doesn't happen over just immediately, it happens over time, releasing your will to allow God to lead you. But it also means we can live our entire lives dancing before God or choreography if you went to a Christian university. All right, and before God alone in the spirit. So we're learning to walk and step with God through the spirit in our lives. It often takes a long, slow growth 
but the spirit presses us into the transformation that witnesses to our baptism. Okay. So we shouldn't just get excited about our baptism. We should be excited. Um, and, and hopefully you do this uh, for when you're, when you're baptized, that you remember the date and when it comes around every year, it's a reminder of your commitment to God, but it's also a time to say, am I continuing to grow? Is there less of me showing and more of Jesus? So hopefully you do that. All right. Um, and I love this quote by David De Silva that Scott gives us. God offers you the means to become reconciled with him and to become a new person who will want and love and do what is pleasing to him because the spirit of his son will live in you and change you. So that's our prayer for each of us. And just like a marriage relationship or a relationship with a child, we don't do things out of duty. Maybe when we're first starting out, you know, we're fearful that if we do a certain chore, it'll be ours for the rest of the, our lifetime. So we argue back and forth as to who's going to do what and that type of thing. But over time, you want to do things not because you have to or for reward, but just because you love your spouse and you want to do things to honor and celebrate them and that type of thing. And what David De Silva is saying is uh, we want to please God and we want his spirit to take a more active role in our lives. So here's what I want to give you guys a little bit of homework to do. Last week, we talked about Nicodemus and we talked about um, the, that the spirit is like a wind that we can't see the wind, but we can see the effects of the wind. And so if wind is coming, I want to encourage you this week that if you feel the wind of the spirit, I want you to first recognize that I feel like God's spirit is leading me. I feel like God's spirit is cautioning me. I feel like God's spirit is encouraging me. And if it's like that wind that's coming at you, I want you to raise your sail and allow it to take you where God wants you to go. Because not only do we want to be right with God in removing our sins, we want to become more like Jesus in our each and every day. But it's a slow process. But the more that we can recognize that wind of God, and it's there, it'll lead and guide you if you'll allow it to, Raise that sail up a little bit more each and every day and allow God to direct you where he'd have you to go. But let's pray and then the night will be yours. Father, we thank you for loving us. And Lord, we thank you for loving us so much. You sent your one and only son, Jesus, who was there with you in the beginning, who created all of this with you. Lord, that he was your plan A to draw us back to you. That's how much you loved us. And Lord, we thank you for giving him up. And we thank you, Jesus, for your willingness to die for us on the cross and show us a pathway. Lord, we also thank you for your spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that, that provided that power 
and that spirit that guided Jesus in his ministry. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your spirit that inspired scripture, but also inspires our hearts each and every day. Lord, I pray for those that have been a part of this class and have been studying this. I pray that you will cleanse their hearts and that you will blow your wind hard this week so that they can't mistake that you're trying to communicate. Lord, we wanna be open to your spirit, help us to raise our sails and take our lives where you would have us to go. Lord, we just pray for an extra measure of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, John Herzog says, um, the spirit interacts with my spirit uh, number one, through scripture, and number two, th through surrounding circumstances, and three, uh, other spirit-led friends, and four, sometimes directly. What a great idea, and thank you for adding that. Um, and we will be talking a little bit more about how in Ghostbusters, where you cross the streams uh, with other spirit-filled folks, that there's power there. There's power beyond just our relationship with the Holy Spirit, but there's power in a spirit-led community where we're gifted different and we're blessed different, but we're designed to work in concert with each other. Thank you for adding that, John. Have a great evening, and we look forward to Brother Robert leading us, Bob Mitchell, next week, and I know he will provide some awesome stuff. If you want to read ahead, you can start reading in chapter uh, 10 and 11. I'm not sure uh, where Bob will land uh, or he may just do his own thing. Thank you for joining us. Have a blessed evening.